0: Planning an idea together. People believe that creativity is a rare and individual event. In fact, there's much to be said for talking over ideas with someone that you can trust and share ideas with. This occasion came about recently where I met someone who was going to interview me about a new idea I had and I thought it would be really fun to see what we could get out of it together. So I'd like to ask... Catherine, hi. Catherine, to introduce yourself and Catherine I'm going to try out a new idea with you and your job is to interview me to find out what it's all about.
1: Absolutely so I will just start by saying I've absolutely no idea what Tudor is about to hit me with That's right. Um, but we'll quite frequently have this kind of conversation without recording it so we thought today um, we may as well just set this up and see what happens and see you know what new conclusions we can reach together So my first question would be, what is your brand new idea?
0: Well, my new idea is a version of 1984 brought up to date. So the start of the core idea is I'm going to do something about 1984 brought up to date. And then I started thinking, how would I change it to bring it up to date? And I came up with the idea of having the, the three forces that are competing across the world in 1984, if you remember. And I'd rename them to bring it up to date. And uh, there would be some kind of moral message to her. And I thought instead of having the, the state in 1984, I would have the Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. But now the Olympic Games is actually competed for by three large chunks of the world, which we're going to have names for, mm-hmm. rather like in 1984. And instead of the Olympic Games, it's now changed. Maybe I could put it a little bit in the future. And so instead of the Olympic Games, this has been changed into the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. And so what we now have is the Hunger Games that are played every four years. And each of these is just like in the Olympic Games. There would be the the regional things where people would compete and eventually they'd get to the finals, which would be the the Hunger Games finals, Mm -hmm. as in Hunger Games rather Mm -hmm. than the Olympic Games. Mm -hmm. So then I thought, what would be the three nation states that were competing? I was just about to ask that. You've got there. (laughs) So then I thought, well, the one would obviously be the freedom-loving group that I'm going to call Fridonia. Mm-hmm. So it'd be Fridonia would be one of the three. Mm-hmm. And then I thought the the next one would be oh gosh I can't remember them now. Um, the third one was I decided was going to be the the highly repressive one. Mm-hmm. So I thought well what about calling them the. Um, Oh, it's the Greek idea of Spartans. I'm going to call them Spartonia. So mm-hmm. the second one is Spartonia. So we've got Freedonia, mm-hmm. we've got Spartonia. Mm-hmm. And the third one, I, I remembered now, I thought I might not remember the name, but I remembered it. The third one is the, the state that really believes that they're the greatest and everything in all possible worlds is great for them, which is why the other two... Groups are inferior to them. Mm-hmm. So I've decided to call this particular group Euphoria. So mm-hmm. there's the Euphorians, mm-hmm. there's the Freedonians, mm-hmm. and there's the, what did I say they were? The Spartonians. So this is the Hunger Games is going to take place with these three. And uh, that was where I started from as the the idea. You can see the morality coming through. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, you can obviously connect it up with what goes on in the world. So you can have the... The battles where everyone's convinced they're correct, and uh, particularly the uh, the euphorians were correct because they've always been there, and etc. So then I thought I could then add a little excitement to it to think, well, how could this now become more of a story? Which is where I'm beginning to get to the stage where I'd be playing around with how would the plot develop, mm-hmm. and I think a plot might develop, not unlike what's going on now that the Euphorians have decided that they don't like the selection of the uh, particular games in the place it's been selected. Mm-hmm. Just like we've got, lots of people now feel it's wrong for the football to go to... Qatar. To Qatar. So there's going to be a lot of nonsense with the Euphoria trying to block off the, the, the site of the games. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's as far as I've got so far.
1: So why... Why a sort of Hunger Games? Because you're talking about the Olympics, but are you wanting it to be a more overtly violent struggle? Okay. So it's more of a war, really. Indeed. Just on a a more like micro scale. So did you start off with that as the concept rather than a moral first? So because you said, oh, there's going to be a moral message. Do you know what that
0: is? I only thought of that when I saw the connection with 1984. Mm-hmm. I thought the original thing was the way in which uh, the, the Qatar Olympic football thing is now being turned into a huge moral issue once the whole immorality of them getting it in the first place has been put aside. Yeah. So yeah. now st- and you have got the sort of battle between FIFA now trying to make it look as if it's all clean and the main thing is now football and don't worry about anything else. And then you've got the whole business about the, uh, anyone who is not a, a straight is going to have to do all sorts of accommodation, mm-hmm. and this has now been worked out how this is going to happen, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think it's a good example of these sort of tensions between large global groups, which actually influence individuals. That's the key thing. I'm,
1: right. I see okay. There. And then the only other thing I would ask is: I was 1984. When people talk about 1984, it's kind of synonymous with um, with surveillance. Yeah. Would that be an aspect that would come into to your your plot or I mean because I think if you're going to bring it up to the modern day one thing you can't ignore is the way that we all are participating in surveillance but of ourselves it's kind of reflexive we document everything that we do you know you even you do it you know and mean, document the things that you think and you know Mm -hmm. in writing and in, in podcasts so would would that come into it do you think
0: or I think it might I mean what I'm now simply because you mentioned it it does occur to me that if we start bringing up to date, we say, what is the big thing? Well, clearly the big thing is now the the global web and how information is mm-hmm. now set up in such a way that s- surveillance is actually of the kind, I think, that Orwell feared in 1984. Mm. It, there's no escaping now from Big Brother.
1: But, all, you know, oddly enough, we've been encouraged to do it to ourselves, you know, and report on other people. So, So much of what we do now is... Is like looking looking back at ourselves and like and like. I'm not I'm not going to call it snitching, but I do feel like that certainly is with an internet with the internet it definitely is part of the culture. But okay, so you've got 1984 and you've got The Hunger Games as obviously two clear points of inspiration for you. How would you? Because to me at the moment this is sounding far more like The Hunger Games because in The Hunger Games it's dystopian future and there's districts and parts of the country that go to war with each other. So how would you make sure
0: you differentiated it? Well, it's very interesting because I haven't got the slightest idea what the Hunger Games is about. (laughs) So all I know is that I've read about it. I've got the most superficial idea that it's a battle and there's lots of people compete for themselves and the winner survives and the losers don't survive. So all those things seem to me to be the starting point, but I've got the advantage of not knowing an awful lot about the, the Hunger Games, uh-huh. so I can build into it my own ideas about how people would compete, etc., etc. But what you also made me realise is I now want to think about the key characters coming into it. Mm. I've not yet thought about whether people we will want people to want to survive and will be aware that they're in danger of not surviving mm. and what little things can i introduce to make that more interesting
1: i think the one of the most important things would be um making sure that your characters are complex and nuanced enough that we don't necessarily hate or love any single one of them because that's part of this debate isn't it and part part of what you're trying to criticize with this piece would be lack of nuance Mm. you know you think you know these euphorians have a completely implacable view of themselves, well, you're criticising that. So what you want is not one character that seems, you know, absolutely perfect. Now, the problem with that is The Hunger Games is like young adult fiction. So it doesn't have that sort of complexity. But I think that's what you could give to it because you are writing for... If it's going to be a political allegory...
0: Yeah, I think it might be. So the other thing I'm now thinking is the other sort of games that are going on that are beginning to come into my consciousness. Now, there's a danger of having too many of these bits and bobs, but I'm now thinking about um, the, oh, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that game, and now we've got someone who's setting himself up in this country to go off to the next game, etc. And that occurs to me that that's another kind of current idea about Everybody getting the attention of the world by going into some kind of game, hmm. and there's something important there. And again, in terms of the people, it could be that uh, would they, in fact, characterise the the three different states? In other words, would the euphorian always be euphoric, and would the Fredonian almost be a stereotype of the, the, the fridonian, etc.? Or would they not? Would they actually take an? Uh, in other words, would they be more subtle than the? I think so Yeah, I I think
1: so I think that's important
0: because if you if you introduce a narrative that's
1: this is a woke person this is an anti-woke person and this is someone that's blind to everyone else's opinions there's kind of they would just come to I think that just come to a standstill Mm. you need you need moments of vulnerability for each of those sort of characters and each of those archetypes you need to have moments where the cracks show Mm. because if everyone was a Perfect distillation of, of one part of their character, you know, it that'd be crazy. Um so I think yeah, the only other thing, I mean, the only other thing I would I would also ask is why why does this game exist? Are you commenting on the nature of the game itself? So you're talking about I'm a celebrity. Isn't it interesting how Hancock has been able to sort of seamlessly transition from one game, you know, the political game, to this other insane sort of farcical celebrity game? And yes, there's been a bit of a fuss, but he's still a sitting MP. Is there something to... Is there something to say there about the way that these two kind of parallel each other and sit so closely next to each other? I think
0: so. I mean, I'm beginning to think that uh, one particular theme could be that the the Euphorian character could be called Matt. or mm. In my mind, he could be Matt, even if he doesn't get called Matt. Mm. So we already have a character who's in this game that people will either want to support or not and show that he's a lot more complex than... At the moment, he's appearing to be one-dimensional... Nasty. Whereas I wouldn't like it to be that. No. So I want the person to be a lot more sympathetic, really.
1: But I think that comes with um, getting to know someone through the narrative on a deeper yeah. level. If you're going to write a novel, you can have you can do all kinds of different things. You could do a third person narrative where you just observe what they're doing and you get to know them that way. Or you know you can even do a first person narrative and situate everyone right inside their head, and mm. then you then you get the the, the reasoning and, and the um, the justification for all the decisions they make and the things that they say. So with that format, you get way more.
0: I'm so. feeling that we could be getting close to a good stop for this. Yeah. And if I was to sum up what has changed in my thinking in this sort of 10 minutes chatting with you, is that I hadn't thought about the characters. I hadn't thought about the the link between... The, the Hunger Games, which I've been thinking of, and the, the wider sort of issues. I still quite like the idea that I can be, I can draw on Orwell as a source of things that was in 1984. But I think that could become almost my material for my working rather than very overt inside the the actual story. I think I could stick with the Hunger Games for that. And my ignorance <laughs> of the Hunger Games. Should I now learn more about the Hunger Games, or deliberately not learn any more about the Hunger
1: Games? I think it would help to learn more
0: about the Hunger Games, <laughs> just to just to avoid plagiarising. Oh, that's a problem. but. Well, no, if I don't know what I'm plagiarising, then you can't, can't plagiarise.
1: But I do also think um, that God, what was I going to say? Oh. See, this is this is this is how you can tell we get towards the end of this. Yeah. I think it's important to figure out why you think that it is a game specifically and why you think you want to call it a game because you could just as easily have called it an all-out war. War is such a frequent um, object in in literature. Why why have you called it a game? Why specifically is it a game?
0: Well, the nice thing is that if I call it a game, and of course it turns out to be anything but a game, that's okay as well. So there's... So I think we could stop at that point. Excellent. Thank you very much indeed. Been a pleasure. Bye.